Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Just think one week from today we'll be off. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to the long weekend, but uh, we will have a lot of sports between now and then. And what an amazing weekend we just got through uh, sports-wise. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Bottom of the hour, our only guest in hour number one. It's Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. He's covered golf for Golf Digest for uh, about three decades. In his third decade now, Matt Rudy will join us. We will opine on what we witnessed yesterday history uh, as Phil Mickelson wins the PGA. Just an amazing, amazing uh, display of golf unfolding on our televisions. Uh, CBS had it, and it was terrific. Uh, so Matt Rudy in our number one. If that's not enough, Matt, we've got another one to lead off our number two. Matt Snyder from CBS Sports. He covers Major League Baseball. He's with us every Monday at 11.05 to recap the weekend. Uh, we'll get into baseball uh, with uh, Matt Snyder from CBS and this Scott Darkman in his normal spot on a Monday. We'll do Big Ten, Big Ten West, which I guess is part of the Big Ten. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Hawkeyes. But uh, as we take you up until noon, an amazing weekend of sports. Trent, I watched every single shot of the final round. I didn't turn on basketball, I don't think, once. I didn't uh, even think to turn to baseball once yesterday afternoon. It was edgier seat. It was the term roller coaster was used various times throughout mm-hmm. the broadcast. Very appropriate, because that's what it was. It was a golf tournament and some feelings that I've certainly never felt before watching golf. Well, certainly for me, for Phil, yes, I've never rooted for him until yesterday. I'm right there with you. He is one of my least favorite golfers maybe on tour. Mm-hmm. And it's not really the kind of game that he plays. I like the the swashbuckler. He's going to take every attempt to try to get close to the pin, doesn't care. It's the persona. I never bought it. It's always seemed fake. I'm with you. The the smile, the smirk, the Mm -hmm. waves, the goofiness. Now, over the last, what, three years since he's got on Twitter and doing those little going into Augusta. A different side you're seeing of him? I agree. It doesn't feel fake. The guy's cheesy. And I think that's what he is. Now, is this some of this manufactured persona that he did 25 years ago? Yeah. Or or is he trying to... I don't know, maybe change your opinion after you got caught up in the whole Billy Walters gambling thing. You got that. There, uh-huh. There's been a lot of things and that have A lot have of people followed. thought that he skated prison right. as Billy Walters went to prison for insider trading. Uh, yeah, that that's certainly part of it. But you know what? I don't even want to talk, talk about that. I'm right there that. with you. Yep. It was an incredible, incredible theater uh, playing out with Kepka and Louis Eusteisen not going away and Mickelson. And I don't really have the desire to rank where it is? I mean, the guy's 50 years old. It had never happened ever in the history of golf majors that someone that old uh, has found his way to the top of the leaderboard when all 72 holes have been completed. And we watched history yesterday. Uh, and golf without Tiger Woods, you know what? It's going to be fine. And I cannot wait to see the number that comes out television-wise. I will be stunned if it doesn't do a huge, huge number and wins, despite the NFL playoffs, Mm -hmm. 
which always bring a lot of eyeballs to televisions, I will be shocked if this isn't just a terrific number uh, that CBS uh, was able to attain yesterday. What a tournament. What an incredible tournament. I mean, the, the drive-on, was it 15 or 16? It's too 16. good. 16. Yeah. So Kepka, uh, he's got the honors. He hits the ball right smack down the middle of the fairway, 361 yards. The young, muscle-bound uh, golfer who's, yeah, playing with a bum knee. But Mickelson, who... You know, hits second, sticks the tee in the ground, and out drives him. And no one had driven the ball further on 16 in the entire tournament than the 50-year-old Phil Mickelson did yesterday. What a clutch, clutch shot. It was. And that was the time where maybe things were starting to get a little leaky, and you wonder, boy, can he hold Mm -hmm. on? And to do that... To do that in a place where you can get into some trouble oh, and just absolutely what a course, it. by the way. I yes. don't remember the course. It was they played the, apparently the ninety one right. I'll take of course they did. Yep, I heard them talk books, about the same, yeah. right? The history books say that they did, so I'm gonna uh, um defer to that. I don't remember the course, but man, what a SOP that good place is. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Something different, a different yeah. kind of course, a different way. And hearing Pat Dye, Pete Dye, Pete Dye. Pete Dye, yeah. Pete Dye. Uh, I was listening to the radio coverage for Big Chunk yesterday afternoon. Someone had a lawnmower in their hand. I did, did, (laughs) yes. You know me well. So I was out there doing that and figured, all right, get all this done so I can get in and watch the last you know, five, six holes inside. And that's what I did. But listening to their coverage, and they had an interview with Dye, and talking about it was nothing. It was nothing when they came there. And he had two years to figure out how to make a golf course out Mm. of this place. And... The way that it was, the way the winds were, and that was such a huge part of it. He knew that there's no trees. There's nothing you can do, but what you can do, and and the way the wind blows here, is you can make an incredibly difficult course. And he knew there's going to be days where sometimes you're hitting a wedge into a green, and others, you're hitting a three-wood. The exact same hole from the exact same tee location. It's all about wind. And we don't see this often on this side. We see it every year with the Open Championship, but that's it. I love the difference. That I did it was. too. It was something. This was not the U.S. Open in Seattle and that garbage. No, course. no, true. This was aesthetically pleasing. Yep. Difficult, but not tricked up difficult that we get from the U.S. Open from time to time. No, but it kind of had an open feel in some respects. But mm-hmm. but I'm with you. I just think the aesthetically pleasing part of you bring water in the ocean into yeah. a tournament is going to elevate it, right? Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh! Just amazing. Just enjoyed the hell out of it. You know there was the, the ebbs and flows, the roller coaster. Um, Nick Faldo after the tournament, after Mickelson had won, you know, before they're getting ready to sign off, or maybe they're going to the the ceremony, uh, the the trophy presentation, talking about his nerves watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, just the back and forth, and he on the edge. Of, this guy's won a bunch of major championships for crying out loud, but it's. If you didn't like Mickelson, and I know that there's not a big camp of those. I mean, certainly you and I are, are uh, yeah. card-carrying members of it. How could you not root for that yesterday? My God, it was great. It was. Afterwards, too, as he's making the phone call home, did you... No, I didn't see it live, but I, when he was talking to his wife... Mm-hmm. Got, yeah. It got me. Did it? it? I just saw a little bit on... Uh, was it ESP? Was it, where did I see it? Oh, I saw it somewhere, anyways. Mm-hmm. It was all the feels. It was... I mean, you could see him welling up. And that emotion and thinking... Well, I'm surprised she wasn't there. Right. But she's had her own health problems. That's a good point. I forgot about that. And the scene that we saw, 
Yeah, you can understand that. Even I'm going to well, guess. Well, honestly, Trent, it's funny you mentioned that. I thought that she was sequestered in the scorer's tent. Okay. Because of that very reason, mm-hmm. because of the safety issue. Trent, it was that, that walk-up 18 when he's in the middle of that throng of people. I mean, I know that he was going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But do you remember Tiger when he won his first tournament oh, a couple of years ago? Before the Masters, uh, where it was? I think it was in New York. And I'm not even sure what tournament it was. It's, it, it seemed like it was early September. Okay. But the crowd of people that followed Tiger when he finally found the winner's circle, it wasn't a major. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of had that feel, but then elevated. And Kepka the same thing. I tried. I mean, they they showed Mickelson making his way through. I had no idea where Kepka was trying to pick him out of that mass of humanity walking up eighteen. Everybody wanted to get a spot, stake out their claim around the green to get a great shot of history. I mean, it's funny too, right? I know it's two thousand and twenty-one, and this has been the case for some time. But watching the gallery, and everybody's got their damn phone yep. in their hand, and they're recording it, and. Uh, Oh, my God. That was a weekend of sports, man. Felt like it was back. I mean, it, it, we've it felt been like everything about, was back. Yes. Right? From that and just shoulder to shoulder yes. people. And they're following in. And I got to get to Brooks Kepka in a moment bitching about it. But that's what Brooks oh, does. Oh, did Kepka bitch about it? Yeah, did he? Of course he did. But uh, come on. That. We've been the, cooped up for 18 months. The playoff games. Cardinals, Cubs, and last night was really good. Friday night, you could just you could almost feel the vitriol coming through there, and with the Cubs and Cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, by the way, Arnado, my God, he's so good at third base. It was. Oh my God, it was the weekend that it really. I mean, it, it, it's been building to this point. Mm-hmm. This, this isn't just all right. Let the doors open and everybody's in. We've been trickling here, yeah. but it really had that feel. Watching NBA game, watching NHL games outside of Canadian cities, and, and seeing <laughs> yeah. just the people and the smiles. And there was one shot as Mickelson's making his way up, and it was this guy just jumping in front of the camera. He's just smiling ear to ear. Probably bombed. And well, I, did you see and the I guy? Said, I was, wish I was that guy. I well, you wish you were the other guy, too. And they showed and One of the commentators mentioned, oh, with a lot of thirsty spectators, the guy that was just... Ch- he had his head tilted back, and he had this beer completely turned, and he was just flowing right down his gullet. Um, it's going to be the Roaring Twenties, folks. It is. Buckle up, because this is, this is I think, what we're on the cusp of. I really do. It was so great to see the, the fans. Yeah, they got a little out of hand. Mm-hmm. Safety issue was a problem. But I thought Amy Mickelson was in the tent to finish my thought and that she was going to meet her husband, um, you know, in, in the, um, when he was signed in the scorecard. I did not know this about Kepkin Mickelson. Did you see the little back and forth prior to that? Now, this was, I can't remember who tweeted it. Apparently, Kepka, when he was a youngster, 90s at some point, he. Wanted he asked Phil Mickelson for an autograph, and Mickelson turned him down. Ah, oh. and the reason he turned him and Mickelson apparently remembers this because Kepka apparently has brought it up before. Kepka was in a play. He was in the parking lot. He was in the players' parking lot. You know, mm-hmm. they, they everybody when you go to these tournaments, everybody gets a car. Right, some car dealership brings out I mean, every 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 pro gets a car to drive while they're in that city. And Kepka found his way into that parking lot. He was probably doing a lot of good with the players, you know, because he was the only one that was trying to get autographs because he wasn't supposed to be there. And Mickelson said that to him. Look, you're not supposed to be here. I'm not going to sign for you. And Kepka remembered that. 
And that became, I guess, one of the storylines going into the final. And we'll get to your calls in a second. If you're getting a ring or if you're on hold, we'll get to you in a second here, I promise. This is what Kepka said afterward as he was Brooks Kepka. I mean, the guy, he's wearing a goatee now. I mean, he, he is playing up the mentality of the Dark Knight. I mean, that's what he is. He likes to be not well-regarded. I think I think that's something he that... He likes to have a chip on his yeah, shoulder. Absolutely, absolutely does. So they asked him what it was like, you know, being on 18 and having everybody coming up there. It would have been cool if it didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times mm. in the knee in that crowd because no one really gave a crap. And he didn't say crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool for Phil, but getting dinged a few times isn't exactly my idea of fun. I was trying to protect my knee. Yeah, would it have been different if you would have had the lead? Of course it would have. Of course it would have. Yes. Oh my god, unbelievable. It was fun. It was a terrific it was a terrific day of sports. Uh, the golf was first and foremost better than anything I thought yesterday. I, again, can't wait to see the number that come out. We should uh, get that at some point here today. I will be shocked. Maybe not to the extent that we it might have been um, numbers-wise had there not been the NBA playoffs. Because LeBron James, folks, as you well know, he brings eyeballs to TV sets. And that wasn't the only game. There were some good NBA games uh, yesterday, uh, apparently. Because <laughs> I didn't see a single minute of anything in the afternoon. I watched the little Knicks and the Hawks late at night. Uh, Trey Young doing what Trey Young does. Here's my takeaway. and I, This is my only takeaway from the NBA because I didn't watch enough to have one. You know what was good to see? And goes back to this whole, we're getting back to normal mm-hmm. type. When was the last time Spike Lee was pissed off at Madison Square Gardens? Yes. In a meaningful game. Right. Long time. Long 2013? Time. It's been a long time. But he pissed off yesterday. Yeah. And that kind of had good, not that I'm cheering against the Knicks, but it kind of had a good feel. Um, it just kind of shows normalcy. Jeff and then Ross. Jeff is up first. He's been on hold for some time. And we appreciate your patience, Jeff. You're up. What do you got? Well, here, first I just want to throw this out here. I know we threw out Phil's past. Let's not forget about Tiger's past. I mean, the dude cheated on his wife. The dude fell yeah, a lot of guys uh, do, though, including well, this I'm one, my saying, first one. Throw, if, so I'm just being honest. In, yep. Well, let's throw, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone has a past. Everybody's got bones in their closet. But I just wanted to throw that out there first. Secondly, let's not forget about Saturday. Phil comes out. He's on fire on the front nine. And then he starts to wobble. And then he loses mm-hmm. his five shots. Yeah. Then he's only got a one-shot lead, mm-hmm. okay? B, let's not forget it. Some books, he was 300 to one <laughs> yeah. win. Fandle, okay? yeah. At, at Fandle was 300. Most books were 250. Yeah. Um, third, you know, we want to compare Tiger and Phil when, you know, Tiger won in 19 and the Phil. Let's not forget that Tiger won the players before he won the Masters. Phil was That was the September tournament, wasn't yes, it, that yeah, I was right, talking that, about? That, right, yeah. Yes, yep. that, was the, that was the September tournament. Let's not forget that Phil was 115th in the world. He has not got a top 20 all season long. Well, let me stop you right there, Jeff. I'm going to read this and I'll get right back. Here's, here's Mickelson's 2021. He's played 12 tournaments. Missed cut, 55th. Missed cut, 53rd. Miss cut, 35th, 25th, miss cut, 21st, miss cut, 69th, won the PGA Championship. Right. That's crazy. And, and let's talk about, you know, his major, you know, his first major was 2006 at the PGA to do this in 2021. Mm-hmm. And the last major, he has it once in 2013 at the British Open. So to have that eight-year stretch, and you can talk about dieting and, you know, hitting bombs, to stay focused and keep your mind right, to battle through not just Tiger, the best, possibly the best golfer, golfer ever, but then to come out and go against the DJs, the Rory's, yeah. the 
the Sam Bowes of the world, mm-hmm. all Rob, all those guys, and to come out and at a event where, well, if Phil wins one, it's probably going to be the Masters because it's wide open and he can hit bombs there. To come to a venue, guys, with the wind, the short fairways, to keep his mind right, nobody in the right world would have thought Phil, not just to make the cut, but to get a win at 50. And I don't want to bring up 50 because everyone's talking about, oh, it's not that big a deal, and, you know, he's, he's really not 50, blah, 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 blah. Just to compete in the biggest stage with the best uh, players in the world, it's it's remarkable. It's it's I'll never forget the chipping on five yeah, where indeed. I was when he needed it because he and who on. called it? Did you see who had the radio call or the it television was, uh, call? Vern uh, Lundquist, right? And <laughs> I'll never. That. I mean, he he needed and like he said, you know, after he was just trying to get it close mm-hmm. to get out of there. But that chipping, huge. I mean, I have goosebumps right now thinking about how huge that chipping was just to get back and kind of give a. You know, a job to, to Brooks and to beat Brooks. Again, Brooks, four majors in his prime, and we can talk about his knees or whatever, but to go toe-to-toe with Brooks, who's season, people chasing him, didn't play his best and figure out to win a major. Unbelievable, guys. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. We've got to move on. Uh, Ross is up next. Ross, welcome to Miller & Condon. How are you? Morning, gentlemen. Hey, I got two thoughts on the golf tournament. Uh, Kepka looks so bush-legged. He's him and DeShambo are going to be the big villains now because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he didn't get his knee bumped. I guarantee you, you know, that, that was very Bush League. And did you see on Friday, evidently, John Rahm in an interview? Yes, yes. Tried to talk, and then he said, well, heck, look, Phil even shot four under. Anything's possible. <laughs> and someone tweeted, they said, be careful if you poke the bear. <laughs> and Phil responded, you already did. That's so awesome. I, I thought that was great for golf. So thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, that's, a great, that's a great point. I love that. It's, it was great, Trent. It, 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 of all of the stuff that happened this weekend, and it was an amazing weekend of sports, this is by far and away the biggest story, the PGA. And how about the wherewithal, the fortitude, whoever was in charge of moving this tournament into the month of May, they're not paying enough, or her, whoever was ultimately the decision maker here. What a great spot on the calendar. I had that thought yesterday because I know how often you and I have talked about this. This is something big for us. because It though was it's, always the red-headed stepchild. It was, and it was August. And Yes, it's football. There isn't regular season games, but it just... It's fo- we're, we're right, right. It's usually, for a lot of people, one of your last weekends of the summer. Yeah. You know, school's usually yeah. right around Good the corner. Point. It just it didn't fit well, and it was ungodly hot, and it felt like they played in Tulsa every single year to be 110 <laughs> degrees. Like, what are they doing? This works. This yeah. works perfectly. The sports calendar. Well, because we we had the, the second weekend of April mm-hmm. to the third week in June. That's a haul between it majors. Is. Now we park one in May. You've got an April, a May, a June, and a July, and we're done, and we should be done. And if the Ryder Cup had the, uh, if they, if whoever's in charge of the PGA needs to get the Ryder Cup people and maybe take that month of August, because September is just, it's taken. It is, yeah. It's the king. We like golf. Both of us are golf fans. Yeah. We're not watching on a Sunday. It doesn't matter how compelling the right. Ryder Cup is. Right. We're watching football. It's football. Yep. And at best, at best, I would get over for a big Ryder Cup. I, I'm done on Friday. Three, four holes at best. Yeah. That is two crappy games on. There's nothing else yeah. happening in the NFL. Your Bears are pissed off. Or <laughs> they blew another one. You right. don't want to watch football. Just done with it. Uh-huh. And then even at best case scenario, 
All right, it's halftime of the, the late afternoon window. We'll get over and watch a couple. That's it. Mm-hmm. You put that thing in August, mm-hmm. though? Eh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you got a chance. They I'm got their you. PGA playoffs, though. You know how compelling uh, that is. Yeah, right. Yeah. What is it? The FedEx or is that auto rate? I don't yeah. even know. They're the FedEx points, so it's called. But it's football. It's about the majors. It's about the Ryder Cup every couple of years, I guess, to an extent. So Looking for those ratings, uh, looking at Sports Media Watch right now. Nothing up Nothing yet. yet. It'll, it'll be here. I wonder if we'll get it during the show. Probably. I'm going to guess we'll see those numbers, and I'm with you. I think it's going to be an absolute behemoth of a number. Oh, well, I hope it is. If, if you didn't see it... Um, you missed out. And I get it. Everybody can't, uh, you know, be in front of their TV centers. I was fortunate enough to be the entire, well, the entire weekend. Quite Well, every day that ends in a All right. We're 21 minutes in. Nah. You want to beat your chest? No. About your team? Okay. I was looking last night after the improbable Winnipeg Jets uh-huh. come back. Now, Wild fans, you're on the precipice yeah, of it I think being they're over. cooked, Trent. I hate to say it, but I think they're cooked. The Blues are already out. Yep. So we're we're going to be grasping at straws here. But for our fine Canadian friend over there. Thank you. Your Winnipeg Jets. I was looking at what's Jets' playoff history. They've advanced, <sighs> is it three times ever? Out of the first round? Yeah. Three times. Well, they, because they played seemingly played Edmonton. They beat Ed, they beat Calgary a couple of times. Uh-huh. They beat uh, obviously when they beat the Wild a couple of years ago when yep. they made their run to the West Conference Final. But they would come up against Gretzky every year. So since they came back, they oh, made since it, they come back, they made it once. Right, they, they were, made the playoffs twice. They've got out of the first round once. They advanced to the conference finals. Correct. Was yeah. that four years ago? Five. They years They beat ago. Minnesota. They beat Nashville, and they lost to Vegas. So going back to the. 80s era, 80 into the mid 1.0. 84 85. Beat the Flames. Yeah. Swept by the Oilers. Yeah. Beat the Flames a couple years later. Swept by the Oilers. <laughs> That's it. We're talking about an organization that you cheer for. Mm-hmm. Three times they've advanced past the first round. They're up 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. They're down 4 1 yesterday. I didn't see it. I, I didn't think it was worth even 4 1 in the playoffs against a team. You've told us how good the Oilers are. Trent, this is how unlikely this is. And don't forget, you also left out that one little aspect of when they left for 16 years. Right. <laughs> that, that, was, that was swell. Um, but here's why I was so down on this team, right? Their final 12 games of the year, they lost nine of them. Nine of 12, including a seven-game winless streak. So they won a game, they lost seven, they won one, they lost two. And then they find they won the final two games of the regular season, absolutely meaningless. Playing a Vancouver team that was forced to go back on the ice to pay the advertisers or they would have finished the year. And then they beat Toronto, who had clinched first place and rested their guys. Connor McDavid has owned them like Gretzky used to own them. There is no way in hell I saw this coming. This wasn't me down on my well, of course I'm down on my team, but I'm also realistic. This shouldn't be happening. And yet it is. And now they've got a chance to sweep the Oilers tonight and then get set for the, I'm assuming, the Maple Leafs, who should beat, uh, should beat Montreal. But um, down 4-1, nine minutes left in the hockey game. One of the Oilers players took an unbelievably cheap shot, was penalized, he's going to be suspended for it. Jets score on the power play 4-2. And it's 4-3. And like within a minute later, it's 4-4. Get the overtime. Face-off win. On to Nikolai Ehlers, who, by the way, was playing his first game of the playoffs. Oh, this really? Is, this is their best. I was about to say our, and you know what? It is our because I'm a part of these guys. This is my we. Yeah. This is my sports we. All right? Um, I didn't see it coming. I, did, I really didn't see it coming. So now 3 nothing. 
mm-hmm. and you're in the contest of Bet Rivers. Are you going to emotionally I hedge? No, I'm. I haven't cashed a ticket on these playoffs. You know what I'm doing, and I think maybe I'm doing. I'm going wrong. I'm trying to find the the, the big kill, uh-huh. right? I'm taking a bunch of underdogs. And yeah. I, I'm taking the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues teams that I think have to win. Well, maybe the, maybe tonight will be the night, and I'll and I'll cash a big number, and I'm going to get another trophy. And I wanted the contest to be over early, but it's going the wrong way. Uh, but it's fun to be a part of it, and thank you to Bet Rivers and. I'm actually filming a commercial at 12:30 today with oh, my great. trophy. That's awesome from football. From football, yeah. And I don't know where it's going to play. I think it's going to be a social media thing. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Justin Smool. Yeah. Yep. He um, he won the NCAA contest, so they're filming him right now at Hyperion. And then I'm going to a restaurant for lunch. I got a car seat. Okay. That I'm going to put my baby in <laughs> after we have lunch together. So it's you know things you're. Activities that your your daily life and you can't do anything without your trophy is essentially what they're looking for. So, I agreed to do that. Well, I'm off to a hot start in the NBA contest for Bet Rivers right Are now. You? Yeah, I hit uh, three out of four both days. Did round robin bets. Both Are you those in days. front? I would think so because I've looked at these other guys and they're not very good right well, now. Well, I don't see that smooth guy posting his picks. He's only played like two games. He, he likes to lay in the weeds and okay. he'll come out and he'll fire one day and go real hot. But I'm up to started two fifty up to three oh seven right now. That's so good. In good shape, feeling good about it, and hopefully I'll get my first trophy. And well, I got two car seats in my car already, so it'd be easy to carry that thing around. <laughs> you know, my uh, my proudest moment of the weekend was, and I know that this is going to sound good. God, Miller, you are so freaking old. Get off the air. I installed an app on my phone, and I couldn't be prouder. I, I was proud of you when you said you told me this morning about that <laughs> yeah. because. We've had the conversation. Uh, I've explained it's really not a difficult process. Well, it's passwords, and I and I I got a new iPad, so I had to. Anyways, I now I'm I'm a part of technology. I I've, I can install apps, so I've got the DraftKings, which is really slick. Yes, it is, and really dangerous. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't the best move. If I should have stayed in the uh, uh, in the dark ages of not knowing anything about how to do this, because it is so convenient to just pick up your phone and log in, and whether it's Bet Rivers or whether it's DraftKings, and do your thing. Eey. Now you're going to be sitting there in the Lazy Boy, fired up about the Jets giving one away. You're going to be fighting. Yeah, I'll probably want the series price on the Oilers at some point. It's 9-1 to one right now. They're 9-1 to one to come back and win it all. Can't see it. Matt Rudy coming up. You've got the keyword trend. I believe, I just believe, in fact, Andrew Downs is here. Is this the final week of the contest? If he's listening, AD, he is not. Um, I think this is the final week of keywords. Not that they're not coming back, mm-hmm. but this is of uh, this promotion. I believe it ends this week. Time for another thousand dollar home run. Go to kxno.com. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Once you get there, enter the keyword. It's joy, joy at uh, kxno.com. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Joy at kxno.com. We've got another one coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. We've got Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Uh, to join us as we talk more about this improbable Phil Mickelson victory at the age of 50. Unbelievable. Uh, great entertainment. Great sports weekend. Miller and Condon till noon. It's 1460 KXNO and 10. Loss of appetite. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.
Kramer and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Take you up until noon. Matt Rudy, Rat Rudy, Golf Digest on Twitter. He's at Rudy Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. He follows golf. He covers golf. And wow, Matt Rudy, that was unbelievable. Watching that, that's the first time in my life I've cheered openly for Phil Mickelson, as I believe you know, most of the country was. What an incredible display of golf. What theater. Man, and, and uh, the course itself, one of the stories of the weekend. Uh, but what a great, great weekend of golf. Yeah, no doubt. I think it was a, it's a perfect combination of you know charismatic and interesting players, old players, young players. You, know, you had Brooks Kepka and Phil. You had the golf course. You had history getting chased and, and all the things that make golf great and make TV great. And, you know, it's a beautiful setting. The weather was terrific. Uh, and... and we can't say enough, too, about the, the, the PGA of America and how they set up the golf course. Because if you hit good shots, you could get good results. And if you hit bad shots, you can make double. And I think uh, just the lead changes and mm. the two-shot swings and the three-shot yeah. swings and, and everything that was at stake, I, I, it made for great theater, for sure. You know, we've seen Phil Mickelson out there plenty, not playing real well. And at 50 years old, he's eligible to be out on the senior tour. He could be on the Champions Tour. Won a couple of them. Yeah, he could be played here in Des Moines in 10 days if he wanted to as they'll make their stop here for the Principal Charity Classic, but he's not. He's out there. He's still doing it against the youngsters. To see that, to see his performance, and what does that mean for the game of golf? To have a guy at this part of his career, what he's already accomplished, to still show with that drive on 16, mm. rolling it past Kepka and the longest one of the week, what these guys still can do even at 50 years old. Well, and that's the big thing, and, and I wrote a little bit about it this weekend, which is you know, all the things that have to go right for a player to do what Phil did, which means you have to be healthy, you have to not get burned out, and you have to not you know realize that you're so wealthy that it doesn't matter anymore and just kind of check out. I mean, all those things are so cool to see you know, a guy with that fire, and I think uh, it showed the average player. I mean, you're, not, you're probably not, not going to be 50 and hitting it 370 but you know if you do a little stuff with your diet if you do a little stuff with exercise and you keep that enthusiasm you can even overcome all the losses that Phil's had in his career I mean this is the guy who's finished second at the U.S. Open six times Mm -hmm. and the resilience that it takes to to keep getting up and keep going after it I mean it's a it's an inspiration for weekend warriors everywhere for sure no doubt about it uh Brooks Kepka. I, I didn't realize that there's a little history there. It goes back to when Kepka was a kid, and apparently Mickelson turned him down uh, in the player's parking lot for an autograph request at some point, and that stuck with him, and he was going to use that. Uh, I'm not saying he's Kolf's villain. I think Patrick Reed is that guy, maybe DeChambeau uh, to an extent. Um, but it, 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 it sure seems like Kepka uses that to his advantage. He piped up after the tournament. He didn't like the fans uh, surrounding him on 18. I get it. Um, maybe he, you know he's a he's a big boy. I'm sure he can handle himself in the throngs. But <laughs> but but at the same time, uh, Brooks kept a, really embraces kind of that underdog villain role, doesn't he? He he does, and I think what he knows too is that. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it gives me some entertainment to say this, or if I have to be a little careful saying this. But lots of PGA Tour players in general are fragile. They're, they're fragile psychologically. It's a difficult sport to to be consistent in there's a lot of failure right so if, if you have a strong mental component and you're a competitive person and you and you are uh, you know you have a dominant 
personality trait, you can beat a lot of players just by, you know, playing that dominance card. And, and he knows this, and, and I think it's a it's a trait that that Tiger, for example, adapted from other sports. You know, he played more like a football player, like a basketball player, and or a hockey player. And and I think when you, I think if you're looking for an avenue to to beat players both with your with your clubs and with your shots, but also with the mind game, Brooks has picked a very effective way to do it and one that matches with his personality. And I think Phil would be the first one to say he understands that and appreciates it because you're talking about a guy whose hero is is Savvy Ballesteros, and that's the way Savvy played too. And I think it's uh, I think it's great for the sport to see different personalities, to see different approaches to winning. You know, to see someone like Jordan Spieth play the way he does, to see Brooks play the way he does, to see Phil, you know, a 50-year-old guy show up. You know, if Tiger can somehow fix his leg and fix his back and come do it again. I mean, all the different flavors make for a, a, a super fun and exciting you know, TV event, which is what the sport needs to be. We have Phil. We've had Tiger. We had these guys for 25 years now. Mm-hmm. They were the tour for such a stretch. The depth of the tour is as good as it's ever been. There's a lot of names, but there aren't, I don't think, those same kind of stars. Is is there a guy that can't be Tiger Woods? He's his own sub- subset. But is there a guy that could even be Phil Mickelson, or is it just the depth of the sport trying to get your personality through? Is it too difficult in today's day and age? Well, I mean, we say that. I mean, as we all creep into being older guys instead of being the younger guys. Yeah, yeah. As the, you know, as the writers and the commentators and the radio guys, I think it's, you know, that you you start to think that, you know, you're, that there can't be another round of personalities and champions. And, and to be fair, Tiger set the bar really high. But, right. but I think there's always another era of players. And I think the best part about the sport is that there's way more, you know, embracing of players that do it different ways, swings that look different, characters that look different, even to talk about someone like Patrick Reed. I mean, he's not my favorite guy either, but, you know, the acceptance of, of uh, personalities that aren't different, or, you know, that are different players that didn't come from some standard country club background. I mean, Victor Hovland learned how to play golf in the dark in the middle of the winter from YouTube, you know, in, wow. in, uh, you know, in Scandinavia. So, so those stories and then, you know, getting those stories out and, emphasizing the differences between players. I mean, I think there's always hope that there's another round of personalities to root for. I mean, are we going to see Tiger, you know, a Tiger Woods style player win, you know, 20 majors in the next 20 years? I don't know about that, but but there's there's plenty of both young talent and young charisma out there. Do you think that um, the Tiger Woods goes after his rehab even even more strenuously today knowing what he witnessed yesterday because I, I, I mean, like he's one of those guys you mentioned, right? They're they're gazillionaires. They don't need the money. Uh, they if they never win again, they're just going to be fine, and their kids, kids, kids will be too. But the, do you think Tiger uses Phil's victory yesterday and for a, a motivational uh, tool to you know to attack the rehab once he gets that opportunity and he's been given clearance uh, to try and get uh, back to some uh, form of normalcy? Well, I think you ask a great question, and it's one of the great unanswered questions. Too, because the one thing Phil Mickelson has never had in 30-some-odd years as a professional golfer is a major injury. You know, Phil's been fit and less fit, you know, in different eras, but he's never had serious back problems. He's never had knee injuries. He's never had those things that nag Tiger, you know, for, you know, for his whole career. So the, the 
longevity of you know Phil Mickelson is a trait. You know that's a that's a playing trait, just like distance is. You know, just like short game is, and that's the one thing Tiger's missing in it. And honestly, it's the one thing that is at least partially out of his control. So you know, does it does it motivate him and show him that it's possible to be a 50 year old guy and win on tour? Sure it is, but the likelihood that 50 year old Tiger Woods could swing 125 miles an hour like Phil Mickelson can, it's less likely just because his body won't let him. So he's going to have to do it a different way. And that way is much harder because everyone can bomb it. And if you're at a 20 yard disadvantage compared to other players and you're playing a bunch of players that don't remember peak Tiger Woods, you know, viscerally you know, getting your head kicked in by peak Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a mountain he's got to climb too. You know, when uh, back to Mickelson, and I, I read your piece uh, from 2019 on the the fitness of the golfers today, and as as they uh, as they continue to age and try to defy father time, as we saw uh, uh, Phil do yesterday. Listening to the tournament, there were a number of uh, instances where there was Nance or was Faldo or was one of the other guys brought up the the mental aspect of Phil Mickelson's game that uh, that he slows things down, that he's trying to slow that heart rate. I mean, he gets to 17, he hits a pretty good shot. Uh, off, off the tee, got a horrible bounce, and then he ends up in the, I mean, just a terrible, terrible break. But that would break some guys trying to hold the lead and win a win a major at that age. How how much is Mickelson relying on the mental aspect now, Matt Rudy? Oh, I mean, it's it's huge because it, it certainly would break some guys because they know the stakes are high because there are fewer bullets left in the gun. You, know, you just don't have as many chances left at fifty as you did at thirty or twenty five. And not to mention, when you think of players with scar tissue, it would be hard to argue that anybody has more mental scar tissue than Phil. Mm-hmm. He's lost them every way you can lose them. You know, he's blown them. He's hit it in the grandstands and lost the U.S. Open. He's had people take tournaments from him with great shots. And so if you're looking for a scenario to, to remember, the, <laughs> he, he could probably find one where there was a similar situation where he lost it. So um, it's a great point, and I think – you got to give Phil a lot of credit because what he's done is intentionally go and work on that meditation and, you know, and all, all the, you know, the breathing exercises and getting his body fitter. I mean, just that by itself, when you have more oxygen and your, and your legs feel better and you're not exhausted on the 18th hole physically, you have a better chance to perform and think more clearly and all those things. He deserves the credit for the immense amount of physical and mental work it takes to be able to just do it at that age. So now it's next up, and we look forward to Torrey Pines, where Phil was going to need to use an exemption. He didn't want to, and now he doesn't need to, actually, <laughs> for five as he years. gets it. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy the way that played out, but going home for Phil. Tell us a little bit. U.S. Open, we know it's going to be tough. They're going to trick that thing up. But at Torrey Pines at the South Course, what we're looking for here in a little less than a month. Wow, I mean, it's an amazing story. He's played that course more than anyone on tour, for sure. The only unfortunate part about it is that winning the PGA and having the storyline be, you know, hometown boy comes to try to win the U.S. Open for the first time mm-hmm. at 50. I mean, if there ever could be more expectation and more pressure and and more, I mean, how many interviews is he going to have to do now compared to how many he's already going to have to do? It's, a, it's just a tremendous spotlight and tremendous pressure to get it done. And, and that, the only thing that's tough is that the variability for a 50-year-old body, even one in peak condition, the variability physically, just, just how your your body feels on a given day, makes it so hard to to kind of count on being in peak form a month from now. So uh, I, mean, I can't wait to see 
the theater of it. And I just hope that he plays decently enough Thursday and Friday so that we can keep right. the dream alive on the weekend. I mean, if he shoots 78 on Thursday, that'd be one of the <laughs> oh, biggest geez. emotional letdowns you can think of. That's a great point. <laughs> Fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Matt Rudy, thanks for doing this for us. We will talk to you in the uh, third week in June as we'll preview the U.S. Open with you at Torrey Pines. Thanks, Matt Rudy. Appreciate you coming on, as always. You bet. See Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Is uh, we recap? You mentioned Tory Pines. You know uh-huh. what that means potentially? Oh, late night golf, prime time golf, <laughs> yes. baby. Love it. Yeah. Father's Day weekend, yep. and a great excuse huh? watching golf. Father's Day weekend. Leave me alone and don't bother me. Yes. Uh, with that, uh, some updated numbers. I found these from Bet MGM about what we just saw. And the updated number: Phil fifty to one at Bet MGM to win the U.S. Open. There was a live better on Friday. That got Phil at four hundred to one. Put two bucks on, on it. A live, on a live at bet. Four hundred to one. Four hundred to one. Also, a live bet. One hundred fifty dollars turned into thirty thousand at Bet MGM. How about this? Less than one percent of the tickets there and money wagered and tickets on Phil before the tournament. With live wagering, though, it became nearly six percent of the tickets and nine percent of mm. the money on Phil. These books got beat up in a big time. Well, way. because of the live, now they would have been fine, right? Had beforehand, they, yeah, yeah, they would have been a great spot. Well, Chris Andrews from the South Point, who put out all of his lines, how many games did he? Dozens, over a hundred, over a hundred. Yep, he'll join us Wednesday, correct? Yes. Yep. And he put he, he stuck to his gun. Cyhawk seven, right? Mm-hmm. It moved to six and a half it's though after a, half. a while, and that's where the latest update I saw was. Six and a half, the Hawkeyes getting at Jack Trice. Well, we will have uh, we'll, we'll have our friend Chris Andrews. We'll find out how they did. Uh, and um, but you're right, Trent. Uh, the, the live betting really took a chunk out of that. Yeah, primetime golf coming up in the U.S. Open. Love it. That is awesome. You get the British after that. That's at Royal early Saint, morning. Royal St. George this year. Is the uh, yeah. the Southern Isle down in the corner, and that one I always enjoy because it's different and it's morning and it's weird. Oh, I love it. It's just. It's a, kind of that right of summer. We're getting that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it last year. No. If Shane Lowry's finishing up. Yeah. He's still the reigning champion in the Open. Shane Lowry. Boy, he celebrated. Well, why wouldn't he? Yes. He won the British Open. That was on his course. Was it yeah. not in his town? Yep. That was the last time this was played? It feels like a lifetime ago. Jeez, does it ever. Boy, does it ever feel good to be past. I know we're not technically past. It sure feels like it. It does. I'm past it. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish up the hour. Uh, we've got Matt Snyder on uh, Major League Baseball. If you're watching the Cubs cards at any point last night, boy, those umpires. Phil Cuzzy. And I, you know what? There was a time early in the game. That, that, so the home plate umpire, he's a new ump. He's 30 years old. Okay. And a pretty big spot, right? Cubs mm-hmm. cards, Sunday night baseball, only game going. If you're a baseball fan, you're watching. And he was just awful. I mean, Greg Maddox thought that he was given too much of the of, of uh, leeway <laughs> on the outside of the plate. But he was, and David Ross got kicked out in the second inning, and and both sides were just brutal. But that was as god awful an, uh, an umpired game, both home plate and then Phil Cuzzy. There's a ball hit. Oh, seventh, eighth inning is scoreless game. David Bodie fields the ball. Runners on first and second. All he has to do is touch third base, and mm-hmm. he's out, right? Um, forced out. Touched home base. Phil Cuzzy didn't see it. Now it was kind of awkward. He fell a little bit. But Bodie then reaches behind and tagged Sosa, who was going from second to third. He got him twice. He got him once on the force, and if that wasn't good <laughs> enough, he actually tagged him. Safe. 
Missed and both. they couldn't go to replay because they'd used their challenge oh. earlier in the game. Just get it right. Right. Get it right. So frustrating to watch this. And I, I don't want to beat up on umpires, but it's a daily occurrence. Watch enough baseball that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Indeed it is. Your Twins won one in, uh, in extras yesterday. They did. How about this? A non-losing week. They went 4-4 four and four last week. Here they come. Yeah, did how much ground did they make up? Any uh, two? Because the, oh, the White Sox, Sox got, got swept. swept. Yeah, yes, yes, back yeah. back to single digits. Here we go. Is it single digits now? They the the Twins' next four series: mm-hmm. Orioles, Royals, Orioles, Royals. Ooh, Thirteen games. At minimum, you have to be nine and four. Uh huh. Probably 10-3. and three. Nine and four, yeah. Because it's the Yankees and the Astros after mm-hmm. that. But at these thirteen games, any chance at all? Because by the end of it, we're almost going to be to the middle of June. Jeez, you have to be. Within shouting distance. Even with that, they go 10-3. and three, I think they'd still be five games under five hundred. And the White Sox get the Cardinals because mm-hmm. we get uh, Flaherty Giolito on Tuesday wow, night. How about that? How about that? How about that school's, that high school's rotation? Flaherty, Giolito, and if that's not enough, Max Freed from the Bravos. I hope they won the state tournament that year, their, oh. uh, last year. Can you imagine being a kid on one of the other teams? <laughs> well, it's like the other day when DeGrom... Was in a rehab start, mm-hmm. pinched against the uh, the Cardinals, single Singly, A. Yep, and he's throwing a hundred and two. And the 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 Twitter account. Did you see the tweet from the Palm Beach Cardinals? Somebody send help. <laughs> but what a thrill, right? Oh, At the yeah. same point, I mean, yeah. you're, he's embarrassing you, but you're nineteen, and yeah. all right, this is what it's going to take. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's a really good point. This you want to get to the show. This mm-hmm. is what you can expect night in and night out. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty kicks and oh one oh soap and laundry. <laughs> Final couple of minutes, hour number one. A busy second hour coming up. Scott Darkerman on the Hawks at about 11.30 or so. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com on baseball. Now, there is a Hawkeye story that's percolating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Bohannon, you showed me the video before airtime today. Did he get in a fight? It's hard to see. It is hard to see, but there is, from front of DC's, a bar in Iowa City, a guy that certainly looks exactly like Jordan Bohannon. Little jawing back and forth, mm-hmm. and then the that, guy that looks like Jordan Bohannon gets punched. He gets clocked, right? Yeah, and right. goes to the ground and looks like he's struggling to get up. Yeah. Now, is it officially him? It's not like he's tagged. He didn't retweet it. <laughs> right. There's nothing there. But it doesn't take a real big stretch to see that, yeah, there was an altercation and he got punched. So the two places the video appears, one of them is on Tom Caker's board, the, uh, behind the paywall, right? The, the yep. pay board. The other one is behind the paywall at Cyclone Fanatic. It's how really? I think that's where, and I couldn't see it because I'm, I mean, it's eleven ninety nine a month over there. Oh, really? Oh, well, interesting. All right. I was kind of surprised that, I mean, it's a free board, but mm-hmm. you can, I mean, you can get that kind of stuff. But I guess it's true, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, that's the word that J Bo was in a bar and, Got in a verbal dispute, and it became more than that at some point, as they tend to get when there's alcohol and bars involved. Yes, that happens from time to time. Is there going to be anything disciplinary? I don't think so. No, but here's what it is, Trent. It's a story that is going to grow louder as the day gets longer. Well, and also look at the calendar. It's It's May 24th, and we got nothing on the local front. We talked Winnipeg Jets. (laughs) We talked PGA Today. We talked a little Cubs and Cardinals. And we'll get into more of that coming up. We will, but... 
the calendar also is very That's important in true. these circumstances. Mm-hmm. This happens when there's a lot of other things going on. This is, happens in football season. Yeah. It's a blip. Yeah. It happens May 24th. Mm-hmm. And here we are talking about it again. Well, we'll see. But again, it's uh, filed this one away for you know, some point later on today. I think it's going to become a bigger talker. Uh, once everybody gets to see the video and form their own conclusion. Or gets to see Jordan Bohannon in person and he's got a shiner. <laughs> Which might, he may have. Yes, absolutely. Uh, hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.